Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. So we're going back into our our Genesis in the beginning. We're in chapter 5 now. All of chapter 5 is the genealogy from Adam until Noah, until the flood, from creation to the flood. I know that for most people, me included, when you're reading the Bible and you know, you're like, oh, Holy Spirit, speak to me. And you open up to genealogy. You're like, he's not listening today because he's not going to speak to me through genealogy. Skip it. Just pick a Proverbs. Go to Psalms. David will make me feel better. But you actually can get a lot of information from the genealogies. Now, in the New Testament, they were rebuked for harping on genealogies. That's because before Christ, there was a purpose in keeping the genealogy uh, clean uh, for the birth of Christ to come. But after Christ, his blood cleanses our blood and he brings in all nations, tribes, and tongues and brings us into the family. So the genealogies were not so uh, important. And at the time, those who were of the tribes of Israel were thinking themselves haughty and better than others. Oh, I'm from the tribe of Benjamin. Oh, I'm from the tribe of Ishakar. Oh, what are you, a Gentile? You're not even from the tribes. And they were coming against them saying, don't talk about genealogies and who's better or whatever because you're all equal. So there's no more hierarchy or preeminence because of genealogy. But there is still, just like everything in the Old Testament, a lot of information to be gleaned from genealogies. So... What I'm going to do, it's a short chapter. I'm going to just read through the chapter and then we'll come back and talk about it. So chapter 5, starting in verse 1. This is the book of the generations of Adam. In the day that God created man, in the likeness of God made he him. Male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Adam means man. He was the first one created, so he was named man. Um, You can take it a little deeper into the original Hebrew. Each letter has meaning because originally it was a pictogram and each picture represented certain things. So in the beginning, um, Adam would have been spelt with the A character, which was the first letter, which represents God. Then the D, which represents a door. And then the M, which represents water or something flowing. So in the reading of the letters of the name, we can see that the purpose of man was to be a door by which God would flow through to affect the physical world. God is a spirit. He flows through us and affects the physical world. Uh, There's a scripture that says, lift up your head, you ancient gates, be lifted up, you everlasting doors, that the king of glory may enter in. When you listen to God's voice, You hear his voice. He is a spirit. He has a voice. You listen to his voice, and then you act on that voice. You're allowing his spiritual presence to affect a physical world. Now, when Adam chose to listen to the devil, he became a door for something else, and he let sin and death into the world. So we are doors. Now, Jesus came to be a door. That's why the blood of the lamb was Put on the door. He says, "I am the door. If if the uh, if the enemy if something comes by any other way, then he is a thief and a robber." 
He is a door also. He came and fixed what Adam messed up. So there is understanding in the name of Adam. But as a whole, in general, it means man. Adam lived 130 years and begat a son in his own likeness. So he was 130 before he had his first child. So when you read those first accounts in Genesis and it seems like the story takes place in a few days, there's big spanses of time in there. After his image and called his name Seth. And the days of Adam after he had begot Seth were 800 years and he begat sons and daughters. Now in the genealogy, it only records the first son. So they begat many sons and many daughters. He lives 800 and something years. He had a lot of kids but it's only going to record the third son because that's the bloodline that it's following. Something before, yeah. The first was Cain and then there was Abel. But Cain killed Abel, so that takes Abel out of the picture. And then Cain was, uh, he, for, he was excommunicated, so he lost his, so the inheritance then goes to Seth, which is the next son. Which is a reminder that we can lose our birthright if we choose yeah, sin. I mean, that's like there could have been a lot of sisters in between because they're only counting the sons. They just record the oldest son that continues the lineage. Remember, Jesus told the Israelites in his day that when they said, we're all sons of, of Abraham. And he said, if you were sons of Abraham, you would do as Abraham did. God considers spirit more than he considers blood and genes. So if they had the same spirit, if they were like in their image, then that was where the inheritance followed. So again, I always say favor is not favoritism. Favoritism is unjust, unfair. God's just picking somebody for the sake of picking. Favor is fair because favor falls on the obedient, the humble, the faithful, the ones who believe and carry on and do what God says. So there is a measure of favor that's also at play because if they're in opposite in their rebellion and if they're choosing to listen to the enemy to be that door to Satan, remember whenever Cain was thinking about killing his brother, the enemy speaking to him, what did God say? Be careful, sin lieth at the door. The door don't listen to him because once you start listening, you become the servant of, then it's your master, you're no longer part of God's family. He doesn't consider you part of the family or the lineage. And the days of Adam after he had begotten Seth were 800 years, and he begat sons and daughters. And all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. So remember, God created everything perfect in the beginning. And so from the moment that sin enters in, the more that sin increases, the, the more death takes dominion and the shorter the lifespans get. Plus, you're falling more and more into corruption because they started with pure genetics with a perfect creation. And the earth was different because the earth changes after the flood and then the lifespans of the people drastically gets reduced. So we can expect that there was a very different world then that was probably better for your health. So then we go to six. And Seth lived 105 years and begat Enos. Seth means appointed. So you're starting to go down the, uh, the lineage, the first son that was appointed, the heirship. He, it's moving down through him. Cain forfeited, Abel dies, so Seth is appointed. It's given to him. He wasn't born into it, he was appointed it. His name means appointed. 
and he begat Enos, and Seth lived after he begat Enos 807 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Seth were 920 years, and he died. Enos means mortal. So now sin has taken an effect. Um, They're beginning to realize their mortality. They're probably starting to see more death in the world. And so his name kind of brings that forth. It means mortal. Enos lived 90 years and begat Canaan. And Enos lived after he begat Canaan 815 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enos were 900 and five years and he died okay his son Canaan Canaan means sorrow as you can kind of see the degradation of the world as sin is multiplying and things are becoming worse and worse leading up to the flood their names are are representing that so now his name means sorrow there's so much sin in the world that it brings sorrow and Canaan lived 70 years and begat Mahalalel And Canaan lived after he begat Mahalalel 840 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Canaan were 910 years and he died. Mahalalel means the blessed God who should be praised. The Bible says that there comes a point at which men start gathering to call upon the name of the Lord and worshiping God. So they've lost connection and contact with God because of the fall and all of this. Things are getting worse upon the earth, but some are beginning to worship God. And even in the midst of all of this um, downward spiral, then God is still blessed and he is still worthy to be praised. Mahalalel lived 60 and five years and begat Jared. And Mahalalel lived after he begat Jared 830 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Mahalalel were 800 90 and 5 years, and he died. You see the the lifespans are beginning to decrease. More sin. Sin brings death. Sin, the word sin in the Old Testament means failure. It's a failure to keep the covenant. It's a failure to obey God. It's a failure to trust and have faith in what he says. When we fail to do that, the consequences are to our detriment, and it was causing shorter and shorter lifespans. To this day, it does the same. People put their faith in their own vain imaginations and logic and creations, and they mess things up continually, which makes us sicker. It makes us more stressed. It, it destroys our, our, uh, our world, our ecosystems, our, our food, our everything. So sin, in a multitude of ways, brings death. Jarrett means shall come down. And Jared lived 160 and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Jared lived after he begat Enoch 800 years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were 960 and two years, and he died. All right, Enoch means teaching. He was a teacher. He was a scribe. Uh, he taught God's word. He wrote some of his writings are still available today, brought over on the ark um, by Noah, which was his grandson. In fact, the New Testament quotes some of his writings. Uh, Jesus quoted it, and Jesus' brother in the book of James quotes some of the writings of Enoch. Enoch lived 60 and 5 years and begat Methuselah, and Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah 300 years 
and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Now, Enoch doesn't have a very long lifespan, but the next sentence tells you why. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. Enoch never died. He walked with God, and then one day, God just took him. He didn't die, he just went with him. Now, there is a belief, and this is all conjecture because it's no way to prove it in Scripture. In the book of Revelations, there are two witnesses that, that prophesy against the Antichrist and his government in Jerusalem and warn of the things that are happening and the, the wrath that is coming. Um, nobody knows for sure who the two witnesses are. There's a lot of different opinions and, and thoughts and beliefs. I have kind of my own on it. But one of the thoughts is that it would be Enoch and Elijah because they're the only two characters in the scripture that didn't die. And the Bible says that Moses appointed man wants to die. The two witnesses are killed right before the return of Jesus. And so because the Bible says everyone has to die, people think that those two actually come back and or the two witnesses, and they perform a lot of the same miracles. I don't, I, it's not impossible. It could be. We can't say, no, that's not true. But there's no way to know that. But it is a common teaching. I, I tend to believe that the two witnesses are not them and that it actually represents the Christians and the Jews. Because it says those that testify of God and of the Christ, the Old Testament and the New Testament, it says that they're the olive branch and the light stand that stand before God. And those are mentioned in the Old Testament. And when you read the description, it does seem to point towards saved Christians and the Jews. I think it represents the two people groups. And basically, to the point, it says that when they're killed, their, bo their bodies are left in the streets for days and people celebrate because they, you know, they, they were killed. And then they get resurrected. They, I think that's probably when the rapture happens. They, then they freak out because they realize the wrath of God is coming. I think there's a possibility that it actually represents people groups. But anyway... Um, we know that Enoch did not die according to scripture. He was taken up by God. Whenever my grandfather uh, at his funeral, one of the, um, the, the ministers kind of told a little story, a little illustration, and, and he meant it, you know, to comfort the family about my grandfather. But when he said it, it always made me think of Enoch. And he told a story of a man that walked with God and he was talking about my grandfather and every day he would walk with God until one day God said, I think we're a little closer to my house than yours. Why don't you come home with me this time? And so that was about him. But when he said it, it always made me think of Enoch. Enoch walked with God and then one day God was like, why don't you just come with me? Enoch's son was Methuselah. His name means his death will bring it was a prophetic warning because uh, they knew at this point that the flood was coming. They knew that the wrath of God was going to be poured out. There were prophecies ahead of it happening, um, especially amongst the righteous. I mean, God always lets the righteous know what he's doing. He says he doesn't do anything unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophets first. But Methuselah, which was Enoch's son, Enoch, even in his naming of his son, put a prophecy that his death will bring when he dies the year that he died was the year that the flood happened. So when enough righteousness is removed from the earth, judgment comes in. When he died, that, at that point, Noah was the only righteous man left. And there was no justification to save it anymore, so then the judgment came. And Methuselah lived 180 and 7 years and begat Lamech. 
And Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and two years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Methuselah were 960 and nine years and he died. Now, God is always sprinkling a little sugar on the, the bitterness. Methuselah's name and his life was prophetic of the coming judgment. But yet he lived longer than any other person in all of history. To me, that implies that God was probably tarrying. Because remember, Noah preached. He preached repentance. He preached righteousness. God always gives space for repentance. And, and even in this circumstance, I think probably the reason that his life was so long was because that God kept showing mercy, trying, waiting, waiting, waiting. But eventually when he, he died, it came. Yep. In fact, there are, um, there are Jerusalem dates that have been extinct since the time of Jesus, but they found some of the seeds in uh, some jars in Masada. Masada was a fort that was sieged right after the death of Jesus, uh, and the Romans kind of buried a lot of it. And so they left a lot of their supplies in the, the, the fort. So they dug it up and they found some of these dates. And they started trying to grow them to bring back this extinct date. And they managed to get some to grow. The very first one, the oldest one, um, it's named Methuselah. Because it is the oldest living plant on the planet. The seed was over 2,000 years old. And and, uh, And and germinated. And the thing with dates is you have to have a female and a male tree. So they had to get enough of them to germinate and grow to get a male and a female. And then start reproducing. But they've brought back the Jerusalem dates. And I think that's part of prophecy that the deserts would bloom. And, and you know, I think God's hand is in a lot of that. He's bringing some sweetness back to Jerusalem. So Lamech lived. Lamech means the despairing. Lamech was getting close to the time of the flood. His life was at a time where there was a preaching of righteousness, but people were becoming so wicked and so vile that they were losing hope for redemption from it or for staying. And his name means the despairing. And Lamech lived 108 and two years and begat a son. And he called his name Noah. Now remember how evil the times must have been. Remember, God. it says that God destroyed the earth because of violence. Um, because there was so much wickedness, there was so much corruption, there was so much evil in the earth. So at this time, the earth would have been a very terrible place to be. So his name means despairing. But then he uh, begat Noah, saying, This same shall comfort us concerning our work and toil of our hands, because the ground which the Lord hath cursed. Noah means comfort. He brings comfort. The crown was cursed. The judgment was coming. They knew it. Lamech means the despairing. They knew everything that had been built in these thousands of years um, would be lost and be destroyed. But then Noah is born, a promise, a way of escape, an ark, and it brings comfort. Mankind will not be destroyed. God has a plan. And Lamech lived... After he begat Noah 590 and five years and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Lamech were 770 and seven years and he died. So 
Noah is there. The ark is there to bring comfort that God has a plan even in the midst of wrath and judgment. That he is not here to annihilate man, that he has not given up on man, but that he has to stop the wickedness so that good men have a chance to persist. Noah means comfort. And Noah was 500 years old, and Noah begat Shem, Ham, and Japhet. Within these names, these are the bloodlines, the lineage from creation to the flood. And I gave you all of the meanings of their names and how it kind of depicted the error in which they were in. But when you read the names together, there is an even greater prophetic word and prophecy giving to all generations and dispensations. Remember, Adam means man, Seth means appointed, Enos means mortal, Canaan means sorrow, Mahalalel means the blessed God which shall be praised, Jared means shall come down, teaching means Enoch means teaching, Methuselah means his death shall bring, Lamech means the despairing, and Noah means comfort. So when you read the meanings of their names together as a sentence, you get a promise that says man in the beginning was appointed mortal sorrow, but the blessed God who shall be praised shall come down teaching through his death the despairing and bring them comfort. Teaching that his death to the despairing will bring comfort. That's what all their names mean. So it's a prophecy that from beginning, because of sin, man was appointed mortal sorrow because death brings sorrow. Think about it, a world without death, there wouldn't be any sorrow. All the sorrow comes from, from that, that, that sin, the consequences, the, the selfishness, the death. But God, even in the midst of what we brought in, is blessed and worthy to be praised. And he will come down and teach us that through his death, the despairing can have comfort. The comfort in their lifetime was from the wrath to come. The comfort in our lifetime is from the wrath to come. Through the death of Jesus, we are given a way of escape from the wrath to come. In their time, the ark was a boat that Noah was building. In our time, the ark is Jesus. There is a wrath coming, but he will be our covering from it. He took the wrath for us and covered us and so that we can be protected and miss what is coming. There's the, in the time of Noah, it came by flood. In the time that we're facing, it's going to come by fire. But there is a way of escape. There is a comfort, and that is Jesus. So we're not going to go any further because G Genesis 6 is going to be a huge can of worms that we're not going to start tonight. I, this is a short chapter and we're all, we're done with it. But I do want to show y'all something. When you read these things, it's, it's really hard to grasp these time spaces, these, these how long these lives are. And you think, oh, well, this must have lasted for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. It really was a very short time. But with so much, such a long life, they were populating and they were learning. And there was great um, understanding and technology even at the time of the flood. Part of the reason for the flood was to wipe all of this out and start over. So we have a chart where we're going to look a little bit at what those lifespans would have looked like in comparison to each other. 
I find this interesting that when you look at it, Adam, 930, Seth, 912, Enos, 905, Canaan, 910, uh, Mahalalel, 895, Jared, 962, Enoch, 365, because God took him, Methuselah, 969, he was the longest, Lamech, 777, Noah, 950. But look at this. Noah was born not that long after the death of Adam. Because their lifespans are so long, Noah would have gotten to know Adam's grandson, and Adam's grandson would have known Adam. So they had firsthand account stories all the way back to creation. So, like, until you really see it on a chart, you don't understand how small the story really is. I mean, they were all alive within the same span. In just 10 generations. Less than 2,000 years. Which is nothing when a a life is... I mean, if you think about it in the span of our lives, that's like two lifetimes. So, we live, you know, 70 years. So, 70 twice, 140 years. So that would be the equivalent from creation to the flood for us of about 140 years. Also, um, Lamech dies at 777. Uh, the sevens are, are the number of God's completion. His life was done. The flood happened in Noah's 600th year. Six is the number of man. The flood happened as a judgment because man took control of things. But God redeems it. But anyway, I always think this is interesting to kind of help you grasp the, the story in the scope of what it really was and that these people all would have known each other. And that makes their sin all the more because they had firsthand accounts from creation, from the Garden of Eden, from the early stories and, and the wisdom that would have been accumulated. I mean, think of, of one Einstein that lives a thousand years, how much knowledge is accumulated. I mean, I know people say, you know, want to look at it like they were these ignorant, old-time, you know, heathenistic people. I don't think that's the case. I think they were very, very uh, advanced. I think they were very technological. In fact, part of the reason that God sent the flood was because they were messing with the genomes and, and the genes. But anyway, the point was to kind of show us that even though genealogies are very boring and we like to skip over them, Let the Holy Spirit prick you if he wants you to research it because sometimes there's really good information in it. And God likes to give people names that have meanings. So I always like to look up the meanings of the names in Scripture because it usually has a significance to the story around it. Just like God, when it mentions the names of God in in the Bible, there's a significance to that. So... You don't have to sit there and read through all the genealogies, but listen to the Holy Spirit. If he tells you there's something in here, you might want to research it. It's there for a reason. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.